0: And coming in now is Emmanuel Macron, French President, uh, who will be taking questions from the audience in the wake of his diplomatic trip through Africa.
1: What's up, bitches? How are you doing? It is me, Jupiter. Have you seen the polls? Have you seen the polls? I don't know if you've seen the polls, but you could say uh, Jupiter is... Ascending <laughs> hey, 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 hey. every stop on my racism tour of Africa, I go up ten points in the polls. It is fantastic! Who would have ever thought that a politician in France would poll this high despite having only ever slept with one woman? <laughs> I'm a golden god. (laughs) What's up, bitches? You want to hear some of my complex thoughts? Bring it on! It is considered considered extremely
0: unusual for politicians to skateboard onto the stage to take questions.
1: (laughs) I am an unusual man. So, (laughs) do you have any questions for me? Are you all just uh, standing in awe of my uh, golden glow? Uh, my ultralight beams that shoot off my person I don't know if you know I am a very very well read man I can uh, recite poetry off the top of my head such as Wait, a poem on, you're not Ah, not. I am not a red, but I am well read I read a book recently uh, to prepare me for my uh, racism tour of Africa. Uh, choo-choo, motherfuckers. Racism Express is coming. The book? President Macron, President Macron. Uh, President uh, Macron, what book did you read? Well, uh, it was a book. It was called uh, Le Black Jacobins by C.L.R. James. Load of fucking shit, if you ask me! Complete bollocks! I do not have time for such things! Les Black Jacobins, the worst Jacobins of all! Uh, President Macron, President Macron, President
0: Macron, have have you ever read- have you ever read the Turner Diaries, or as it's called in France, Charlie Hebdo? (laughs)
1: <laughs> ah yes yes they had very good cartoon cartoon of uh of uh, Mohammed. <laughs> oh, oh great comedy uh, i have just come to britain to uh spread le le doctrine de la radical centrisme
0: president macron i have one more question um can you describe to me some of your best friends?
1: Some of uh, my best friends? Are, uh, well, there is uh, Philippe. He is a banker. There is Jean. He is also in financial sector. There are is... any of them black? What do you take me for? <laughs> <laughs> it is outrageous. I am afraid... I think my thoughts are too complex for ignoramus like you, sir. <laughs> ah, you know, you know. I, got, I think uh, you need to, uh, how we say in France, get yourself woman, sir. Get yourself woman, because I tell you, I have 99 of le problème, but un chien is not one. <laughs>
2: Oh, thanks.
1: thanks for nothing, motherfuckers.
2: President, we- President, I have one, I have one question I'd like to ask. Okay, 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 okay.
1: I am all ears.
2: Will you be my centrist daddy?
1: <laughs> I will be your centrist daddy. I will be, I will be, I will be all your centrist daddy. In fact, I am just in talks with Vince Cable. Man 500 year old! He still consider me his daddy! <laughs> I am the golden god! I am the sun king! <laughs> Can I go now? I have, I have things to do. I have important things to do. Do you want to
0: bother explaining them?
1: No. No, no, what was... Uh, journalist podcast class... Appalling, appalling. No, 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 I not have time for such nonsense. Such deviance. Go, shoo, shoo, go spread Legata Press. Scram, famos, <laughs> famos. You go, not me, I stay here. You go, you go. This is my podcast now. Fuck off. The <laughs> on a racism tour podcast is something I love. I'll be on Trash Future tomorrow. Say we need to take Algeria back. Jean-Paul Sartre, fucking melt. Not support occupation of Algeria. Fucking melt. It's in the past now. It's all fine. It's all fine.
0: Friends, fin on. More like friends. Get on with it.
1: Yes. Yeah. You, you. You. Very clever young man. <laughs> not as clever as I, though. Macron, Jupiter, the golden god, the sun king. Anyway, 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 I must go, I must go, I must go to satiate your your pathetic desires to know what's going on inside my complex head. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I go and piss on mural of Thomas Sankara. Fuck you. Goodbye. Macron, out, baby.
3: (laughs) i
4: Opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control, they want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent... Who are the hard left, well, We know who the hard left are. We're in the you know, ascendancy I, I, within, the, within the Labour that, Party we. who associate with the hard left. You just said so that, that we were to right, right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalising Without compensation, hard I- left wing position, hard left the hard left, to the hard left, and the hard left, the I- hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, the hard left, 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 the hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, the hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, hard left, left, hard left, hard left, hard hard left, 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 hard left, left, hard left, hard hard left, hard left, hard
3: hard left, hard left, hard left, left, like it's this typical, it's like it's like Owen Smith all over again. Like I, I I turn up just as our celebrity guest, fucks right off.
5: <laughs> you missed a lot, man. He had a lot to say. <laughs>
3: well, I, I I did hear distant screams of, of, of fuck off and uh, something about <laughs> only ever sleeping with one woman. Um, <laughs> but, anyway, um, let's plough on. Who's going? Yair introduce the show. Oh yeah! Welcome
6: to the Real Politic podcast. Uh, I'm Yair. I'm here today with Jack Rain
3: of course. Um,
6: (laughs) We've got Riley from the Trash Future podcast. Um, We got (laughs) Jude. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, Laura's here.
2: Hi. Hey.
3: <laughs> so I understand that Laura's time with us is limited and that there was something that she wanted to let rip on so let's just go straight into Laura just expressing right into that. Yeah. yeah, her grievances.
2: Oh my god. Okay. So I don't I'm assuming everyone will have seen by now because it, it was today's um sun newspaper front page uh don't read the sun first of all just you know don't <laughs> read the sun don't sell the sun if you walk past a shop and they have a copy of the sun just burn it down the bin burn it i don't if know you, whatever if, like, you,
0: if you can block out the sun block like mr out, burns block
2: out the sun yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> be a scouser guys don't buy the sun yeah
2: yeah absolutely do not buy the sun Anyway, the 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 front page today has been uh, this really massive splash about um, a disabled woman who claims disability benefit and um, other sorts of like child maintenance or just like whatever. Like she gets benefits because she's a disabled woman that cut co- that can't work and she has six kids. Either way, the son has found it repulsive, uh, vile, greedy, all sorts of other wonderful words that she's bought <coughs> christmas presents for her children oh um, my
3: god how can she
2: yeah how dare splashed, she splash this <laughs> on the front page of the sun with a picture of her and the headline being yule is in the yule tide Oh, okay. that's,
0: that's clever, though. That's very all clever. Pay.
2: I know, it, it's a nice <laughs> that's pun. Like, that's really... like an
0: economist-level pun, guys.
2: Yeah, it almost makes it better that essentially what they're doing is uh, creating a witch hunt against disabled mothers. Yeah, that, that the pun really, really, really lightens the mood of what is potentially one of the most disgusting newspaper front pages <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life.
3: Yeah, it's fucking vile.
2: Yeah, genuinely, genuinely vile. And the... the one of the one of the weirdest things about it is this woman has six kids right so the 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 issue here appears to be that she spent 2 grand on her kids and has bought them each 11 Christmas presents
3: yeah isn't it something like an average of like 6 quid per present somebody added up
7: no
5: i don't think it's <laughs> that at all i think it's more that they assumed that she was on the take for various different benefits and was getting a substantial amount of money per month, and thus had splurged it all on gifts and, and like living a very kind of lavish lifestyle on the back of benefits. When actually she she has a genuine disability, she has ME, um, and they they don't actually have any kind of luxury outgoings, and so they were able to just save their money the way every other family does through the year. To spoil yeah. their children at the end of the year, it's just like the most the grossest example of kind of taking a small nugget of information and concocting a story around it, designed specifically to demonize somebody who ha- who has to live off the state because they are unable to work, and it's just this further demonization of. This idea that if you are unable to work for any reason, then you are uh, kind of subhuman. You are not a contributing member of society. You are to be pitied mm-hmm. um, and you are to be afforded a, a, li- a living uh, based on some kind of you know, mythical societal generosity that the Tories are hellbent on, on evaporating. So it is just absolute <laughs> nastiness. Kind of magnified and to do it a week before Christmas when disabled people are are receiving letters from the DWP where uh, PIP payments are being withdrawn or withheld over the Christmas period, Uh, people are being called up for reassessment or being... um, failed after reassessment because they're trying to get people off uh ESA and PIP. Uh it's actually just it's it's almost it's just an the icing on on a shit cake of of pure ableism <laughs> that this government has managed to deliver in 2017.
2: this this weird sort of crusade to... against people on benefits seems especially disgusting because so many people on benefits that are going to be in receipt of universal credit aren't getting paid over Christmas and that's been a big thing a big worry uh, in the back of everyone's minds for the past few months that how are people going to survive over christmas if if you were if you're going to be in receipt of universal credit like this christmas is going to be fucking shit for you because you're not going to have enough money to eat and then to see this flashed all over the fucking front pages and on various sort of like news fucking morning shows and all sorts of shite like that has just the performative outrage is so disgusting and this to me, this 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 felt incredibly personal because I have Emmy and Emmy is currently the reason why I've been written off work. And it's always nice to see people thinking that, you know, people like you are just a lazy cunt and whatever. But it also rings really true of the, the story of my childhood, because that's exactly what my mum did. My, like my mom was in receipt of a fair few benefits because she never managed to make above like six grand a year and was raising four kids or whatever but yeah mm-hmm. she saved so much money throughout from like literally like we're talking like may onwards to christmas so she could buy us like christmas presents and like give us like a relatively happy christmas and mm-hmm. i i know for a fact as as i got older and i, and I watched what was happening and i sort of clocked onto what she was doing like my mom wouldn't buy herself anything for like the best part of it the whole year like she, she wouldn't buy anything for herself she like would go without meals some days in order to afford us some you know like fucking shitty poundland tap for christmas or whatever and that's exactly what right. this woman is doing like she's Taking she's she dis, she's a disabled woman who is taking on incredible personal sacrifices in order to make her kids happy. And it's just it's just the most disgusting thing. Like, I had a full meltdown last night and just sat and cried in my bed for like an hour over how awful this was and I stupidly got in the replies to the the, the tweet about the, the the front page of the sun and was reading all sorts of awful like disgusting uh-huh. things. That people were saying of course i just yeah. wound myself <laughs> up so much and it just got worse and worse and worse but working class women are just not allowed to look after their kids in
5: peace i don't and know that's a really good point i mean i think i was talking about there was a there's an article on on motherhood i think it was or on child care um and and how it's set up and i said well actually the pro- the biggest problem we have in terms of how do we fit childcare into like women looking taking their children to work and and i think someone had made the comment that you know if men were the primary caregivers um this would be a completely different issue i said possibly mm. but you know but the the problem isn't so much that women are expected to look after their children the fact is that the working life has no place for for raising children anymore. So even if men were beginning to be uh, the ones who look after children, they would still come up against the same problem because men have a shorter paternity leave than women as it is because they're not... Um, recognizes yeah. people who can do that work first and foremost and secondly mm. if they were singled fathers for example they still would come up against the same problem of bringing your child to work which is that companies do not allow and society has not figured out how to fit working around raising children so before the state <clears> would do it for you through um, nursery places and 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 support for childcare, but as that's cut away people are are not finding they're not able to get the childcare that they need to help them raise their children so they they are increasingly relying on schools to to do the parenting for them or for families and if you don't have families then you're just going to struggle and then you're not able to work and then you end up on benefits and then you end up being demonized by somebody like the son um and it's just this toxic cycle because we as a society we 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 want people to have children we want people to raise their children but we haven't given them the tools to do it we basically said oh first of all we said a women's place was in the home and then we said a women's place is at work and then we didn't let we gave them no tools on how to bridge the divide between the two um because you can either be a stay at home mom and be demonized or you can be a working mom and be demonized and you you can just do both jobs like half-arsedly um and there are no tools uh there to help people kind of navigate from being housewives to working mothers and the tools that are there are just being kicked away from underneath people's Um, feet so it's just one of those things where being a working class mother when you're trying to better your life and the lives of your children is nigh on impossible it's almost and it begins to feel like the system wants you to fail so that you become a statistic for what they believe
0: which is which is so weird because most of the people sort of pushing these policies are sort of constantly shitting themselves about like you know muslim birth rates (laughs)
5: because the duality of of this situation is that actually what happens is when you ethnic minority um kind of the nuclear family and ethnic minorities kind of operates slightly differently to white working class families or just white families in general so um in african culture for example having um elderly relatives live with you is a very normal thing yeah the extended family yeah yeah the extended Mm -hmm. family are very very close-knit you you have your parents live with you when in this in their early 60s 70s 80s and that is your kind of live in childcare. so a lot of african children were raised subsequently like they had secondary and third parents so you'd have your aunt and your uncle who you'd maybe stay with over weekends and you'd have your grandparents who would pick you up from school or your grandparents would make you dinner or your grandparents would take you to school in the morning and the and the and the raising of a child is, is shared amongst the community that the the kind of the cultural community um that doesn't happen um as much in white working class families especially english white english families i grew up on a council estate where everybody uh was kind of working class literally i don't think anybody owns their flat in my estate anyway and we were were a broad mix and what i noticed from a very early age was that all of the ethnic minority children their parents were kind of organizing amongst themselves in well i'm working late this week i can't have my children they can't stay at home on their own can they stay over at your house etc etc and and the white working class families were not doing that um but that's why they're they're able to reproduce even when financially they're not possibly maybe not possibly in the place to have children because the things that you would normally need to save for and and be able to financially budget like childcare. um, They, they have that in the form of the extended family. Whereas um, we are beginning to get into this thing where um, we like to send our elderly off into care homes rather than taking them indoors. But you know, the flip side Mm -hmm. of that is that we don't provide the tools for people to look after elderly relatives at home who may have um, health issues uh, and it's impossible um so it's it's just well, like a it's like a catch
0: twenty two for for well, it's, a it's, almost, it's it's almost as though uh, uh, capitalism atomizes us and is bad
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, what 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 kind of fucking like amoral like cynical fucking hack piece of shit would you have to be to to write? That article on the front page of the Sun to like some have some wanker editor come up to you and be like yeah 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 well the, you know this is uh this is my idea it's like there's this single mother no no she's not like famous or anything no she's just a person on benefits who's disabled yeah basically just about how she's a greedy penny pinching fucking leech on society because she bought her kids some Christmas presents and imagine your editor like assigned <laughs> you that and you're just like
1: oh yeah
3: yeah I'll do that no I. I have no compunctions about writing that that so that's in the public interest like shit, fuck these people man well, fuck, hey, yeah. He's, He's, fuck you Jenny
2: it. Francis I hope you fucking die but well, anyway hey. no, I'm not done yet I'm not done Oh yeah I'm- with the sociological fucking readings of this yet, keep going.
3: Keep going.
2: going. Get on, oh, Green Jimmy, the cricket suit wearing ass motherfucker. Get on, oh, Short Colin Powell, haircut having ass motherfucker. Get on, Little Angela Davis, mustache wearing ass motherfucker. Get on, Little Richard Pryor, shortcut fade having around the side, wearing motherfucker. Like fuck everyone. Right. Okay. So basically, what I think is is an issue that is fundamental to all of this is. We really need to redefine what we think work as. It baffles me so much that we don't consider raising six children, especially as a disabled woman, but just raising six yes. children anyway as any sort of work or labour. Because all of the, all of the sort of replies it to to the son's the son's Twitter. Oh fucking lazy bitch! Oh she's bossing off being a fucking cunt while I'm going to work and I'm fucking grafting. I'm fucking grafting. It's fucking grafting <laughs> yeah. to raise it's, six
5: kids. Like, that's it's fucking hard. It's down to raise
6: it goes... one kid, let alone. What? Yeah, my mum, uh, she's not on benefits, but she has spent her life raising six kids as well, and, like, it is uh, it is a proper job. It, it takes hard work, and Dedication, and yeah, I get quite offended when people act like raising children is not a job. (laughs) Like the problem with we've
5: got, we we do have an issue. Like Laura's completely right on the fact that we need to redefine work. The problem is when we try to redefine work around parenting, and it's always focused on motherhood. And and then it has that kind of that that double kind of the double edged sword of the fact that when you define raising a child as work it kind of gives uh, legitimacy to the idea that a woman's job is to yes. raise her children first and yeah, foremost yeah. and so what we do need to while we do need to we what we need to redefine is parenting what is yes. it to parent how right. do we raise our children how do we raise our children to a point where they are getting the most out of having a two-parent household or a one-parent household they're getting the most out of having a parent and society getting the most out of these children at the same time and when we say society getting the most out of these children what we don't mean is that we are raising children who will go out to work because that's not the only thing that people can give to society <laughs> yeah. not just the ability yeah. to hold down a nine to five and that's what's really frustrating because yeah. people parent because they the, the way they they do their parenting is how is the quickest and easiest way i can raise a child that will not interrupt my ability to bring home a salary mm-hmm. and yeah. that's where we're going wrong like and it's having Wait, go, so it... many knock on effects as well but i don't think we can redefine it without i think there are some like some elements of feminism that have to realize that actually being a stay-at-home mum is not some kind of great betrayal to the feminist cause. Yeah. And the whole point of feminism yeah. is to give women choices, not to bind women into this workplace future right. that may not be what they want. And, and locking, locking women <laughs> into, this, into the workplace, which already demonizes them as second-rate um, employee, mm-hmm. employees. And whilst at the same time demonising them for not being at home to raise their children. It it just doesn't make sense. We have to redefine the role of men in parenting. We have to redefine how work fits into raising children as opposed to how raising children fits into people going to work. And we need to do all
2: of this outside of an economic capitalist system because it's not going to work
5: under capitalism. Because capitalism
2: is is the problem, realistically. Yeah, that's the problem with capitalism capitalism is it's
3: never worked, has it?
5: Well, the, I mean, the problem... <laughs> the, Name the problem me is, one
3: country in which capitalism has worked.
5: Well, this is the thing. I mean, the whole thing about... <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, it's Andrew Spooner. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing about the, of, about parenting and, and productivity at work. So you will have a much more productive workforce if they don't have the stress of childcare and who's going to look after their kids and, and, and all yeah. of that goes swirling around. Yeah. So you can't yeah. have capitalism um, kind of hobbles itself because it creates these, these straitjackets for the employees that they're looking for, um, which, which kind of limits their ability to give their all at work because they have to keep some aside for their children or the, the, the little energy they're going to have when they go home to, to raise their children. Whereas if, if society was better structured, you would have a much more productive workforce because you would get people who actually want to be working and are therefore able to give much more energy into jobs and then people who don't see a nine to five as the kind of work they can do doing the other types of jobs in society that are equally as important, such as raising children, teaching children, keeping children happy and all of that hippie bullshit as well. And it's deeply, deeply fucking ironic, I think, that
2: the whole reason, realistically, that this woman has spent so much money on her kids and is buying them toys and all sorts of shit like that Is because the fundamental myth of capitalism is that even the poor can just buy themselves into this sort of materialism of the bourgeoisie. You know, isn't isn't, isn't that what capitalism sells itself on? That we that all we have to do is buy stuff and then we're all the same.
3: Well, like, oh, the poor in Britain, you know, they've got fucking laptops and yeah,
2: Playstations. They, you, yeah, you're, you're tweeting about how much you fucking hate capitalism off an iPhone. Ha ha ha, checkmate. Ha <laughs>
0: uh, no, I've, I've been owned. But anyway, it, it goes down to this distinction is, is sort of drawn, and I think you can really get to the kind of sort of simmering red-faced resentment of the sort of um, repliers to the Sun tweet, uh, largely on the basis that they draw this distinction between work which is sort of labor that you perform for the sake of someone else that they kind of extract the profits out of. Yeah. And then labor, oh, which is sort of more abstract. So uh, in, in sort of editing my podcast, I'm performing labor, but I'm not doing work uh, because there's no one else benefiting, especially not our listeners. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I, whereas, and so what we see, so it's like raising your children or whatever is labor. And so these people who are sort of, it's, who are forced to sort of work uh, to have kind of their productivity, to have their, their energies and their sort of vitality stripped away from them, I've sort of left only with this sort of bitter, seething core of resentment that um, for, because of very clever uh, press barons like this, like you know, the fucking, um, like like Dacker or whatever, uh, they direct towards one another. They're yeah. not doing enough work um, as opposed to direct, properly directing it upward so they can maybe guillotine some motherfuckers, which apparently we're not allowed
5: to say on Twitter anymore only <laughs> oh yeah, that's gonna be a bannable offense as of next week <laughs> the, the rule changes are just absurd but like it will be the the smallest thing if you say to someone i hope you get syphilis that will now be a banning a banning offense no, yeah that I will be I'm a banning really people you get, get syphilis you're not allowed to wish harm on people on twitter anymore and it doesn't no. have to be a violent harm you can't say to someone i hope you get herpes because uh, yeah. awesome. that that will be suspendable as of next week. Oh, oh my no. God. Yeah. I have, have so out. many people to wish herpes on. How on <laughs> earth are they in <laughs> your I think someone I sincerely hope you get syphilis and your penis falls off has been one of my favourite resorts. And now they're telling me I can't have it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're going to have to rephrase it. This is going to put end to my favourite series of tweets, which is uh, Sam and his hilarious every time Hugo Rifkin comes up on the timeline, just saying... One day, I hope I'll be able to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, that's such an, an admirable out. sentiment. What we're going to have to do is we're just going to have to get a lot more
5: conceptual. Because, um, <laughs> like, like, yeah, you can't win your But You, you can know sort what's going to win. happen, don't you? We're going to descend into twee what? swearing. Oh, no. 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 Wankpuppin's are Joss us. None <laughs> uh, are Weedon. us. I,
0: I think I think what we're gonna have to do is get a lot more conceptual and start, like, inflicting existential dread on people rather than just telling them we're gonna, like, you know,
3: <laughs> the I think that's what we've done to Spooner, really.
0: Just all this stuff like,
3: no matter what you do, Andrew, we can always see what you're saying about us. We've got fucking spies watching you, you fucking miserable piece of shit. Like, Wait, that fucking that, Ocado that's, that's van.
2: helpful that they are going to die alone. Would that get me banned? Is that that's oh, a yeah. threat? Andrew, Andrew Spooner will absolutely die alone.
3: Oh for sure, apart from the van outside his drive spying on him. Essentially <laughs> some <children>. oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unless he's in Thailand, he'll definitely die alone.
0: Oh! <laughs> but then we get back to the syphilis question.
3: so laura uh, are you gonna have to go soon
2: oh shit yeah oh shit okay yes <laughs> can, you,
3: can you can you very quickly review magic mike xxl because it's been a couple of episodes since we had a proper movie chat on the show
2: okay so because of situations in my life i've been feeling quite shit recently and i decided last night to cheer myself up by watching magic mike xxl for the first time because i know a lot of people that absolutely like yeah. swear by that film and think it's mm. great
3: i know I, a lot I, of straight guys who who swear by it i mean like it's, it's like it's like really it, it's very
2: cool. it's really pure like just really pure depictions of of male friendship and just i just love it but also there was a lot of fucking dry humping <laughs> a lot, of, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of a lot of dry humping a lot of Yes. Mm-hmm. Channing, Channing Tatum taking his shit and whatnot off, and, and I had to uh, put my phone on the other side of the room so I wouldn't text uh, a guy that I don't really like very much. So yeah, <laughs> good film, would recommend it.
3: <laughs> I, I, uh, where does this guy fall on the political spectrum? That's in pain. <laughs> <laughs> um, I
2: absolutely,
3: definitely... Wa- it's
2: absolutely not his mate again. Oh,
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely watched Magic Mike, like, back when it came out. Not yeah, the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely not, not the cinema, but I, I, I definitely gave it a watch to, uh, you it know... It would be pr- good
2: on the big <laughs>
5: screen
3: prove i was woke wasn't afraid of the, the gyrating men i didn't
5: like magic Mike xxl uh, oh what, no why not well i didn't hate it i thought it was very good i just did it had no discernible plot yeah that's just, true i mean it has it no discernible a plot true. there's the script the script I mean, is really
2: clunky the direction isn't great but like, like, I mean, it gave me, me a nice like, wholesome feeling.
5: Yeah, it, I mean, it's great eye candy, and I and I, I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong, I have watched it many times. But it's yeah. like the first one was <laughs> the first one was a semi-autobiographical story of how Channing Tatum got into the industry. Hell yeah. um, and the second one has nothing to do with that whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first name. one is—it's
3: kind of like there's kind of like depressing bits. It's pretty like uh, yeah, bit, kind it's of like, realistic. realistic. Parts. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a, 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 you know, not a totally bleak, but, you know, fairly yeah. uh, down to earth working class drama for at least yeah. sections. I, I of really it.
6: loved the first one. It was a great film, yeah.
3: The first Magic Mike was directed by Steven Soderbergh, so you could go and watch it, and there's all just like, you know,. Channing Tatum and McConaughey and my lads all, all gyrating and and and, and dancing and, and then you could be like well you know I am watching uh, the serious work of a uh, respectable auteur filmmaker <laughs> and uh and he yeah it's true he as you say Laura he he edited and I believe uh uh did the cinematography for the new one yeah oh
2: yeah he did
3: yeah but uh yeah, and boy, well, he's back actually. Soderbergh retired uh, a couple of films after Magic Mike. He did the yeah. Liberace movie Behind the Candelabra, which is really fucking good, actually. Um, I
5: really enjoyed that. I, I didn't think I would. I didn't think that Mike, uh, Michael Douglas had it in him to play Liberace, but he was <laughs> very, very good Liberace.
3: I love Mike, Michael, du- Michael Douglas, not to be confused with former Labour MP and uh, current like Twitter Michael troll Duggar. dickhead Michael <laughs> yeah. Duggar, yeah, curry aficionado. Uh, Michael Douglas, who uh, claimed to have got cancer and cured cancer by giving Catherine oh, Theta- Jones God. oral sex.
4: Uncle
1: Jones in a muff. What?
4: Oh, did I say moff? <laughs> I'm
5: a rough. Yeah, he did He did actually claim it. Was it was on Graham Norton that he said that? Um, I'm not sure. Oh. Or oral sex cured his <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, but that's the thing. You know, we, maybe, we, maybe, At maybe... least we know the cure as well as what gives you it. Maybe Catherine Zeta-Jones just same like thing. really... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm
0: saying maybe Catherine Zeta-Jones just really knows how to trick Michael Douglas into going down on her.
3: <laughs> well, Laura, I know, I know that they're, they're the same thing, but it, it, it's you know it's like fighting fire with fire, like yeah. fi- fighting uh, you know a cancer you got from yeah. the vagina. With, with... if, if you don't
2: perform enough oral sex, you get cancer. So you got to yeah. push through the
3: cancer. You've got to get more cancer that
2: cancels <laughs> yeah.
3: out the previous it's, cancer. It's, it's like, look, I'm look, I'm gonna I'm gonna level
0: with you. There's gonna be some cancer. Right? There's... Going to, there's gonna be a little bit of cancer, but hey, I got great news for you. It's gonna go right away. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not gonna have cancer. Cancer is like just gonna be kind of something you do for a while, and then you're you just know, gotta keep licking the
2: pussy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I gotta go because the doctors are outside. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, Laura. Uh, to quote, Le- quote Black from oh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Lovely you got to eat the pussy, and that can be. You know, what got better to words to play like. Laura out with? Goodbye,
7: everyone! <laughs> Bye, Laura!
3: Bye, Laura! Later. Soderbergh did uh, Behind the Candelabra in 2013 that aired on HBO in the same of course, year. Is it that long ago? I think it was, yeah, in the same year mm. as his final, well, supposedly final, theatrical film, Side Effects, Ed in cinema. Oh, gosh, quite,
5: that was not good.
3: I quite liked it, actually. Oh, I thought it was a nice. solid potboiler, you know, like, uh, just... Not, not. It was
5: very Soda it has to be said.
3: Yeah, just that, like, like, kind of cold as fuck, digital style. Um, I, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was decent and twisty, and... Uh, Had, you know, had Channing Tatum in it, as uh, so many of of his films. Um, And isn't Channing Tatum in his new film, actually? Because he's no longer retired. Like, admittedly, he directed two entire seasons of a TV drama whilst he was retired, and, um, you know, like, shot and edited the Magic Mike sequel. Yeah, I know, God, he is really redefining what work and labour are, Soderbergh.
7: None
3: (laughs) of us are ever going to for rich filmmaker like Soderbergh can't retire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but now he's got a new film out called Logan Lucky, not Lucky Logan. Which, which, I, it kind of, I mean, is Ooh. it? Well, it's kind of like when I was about ten. Like, I was like, why the f-? hang on, this fucking Elton John guy? Why is he not called John Elton? And I realized that's because it's not a real name, and that just sounds loads <laughs> like Ben Elton anyway. Um, but it's almost like Lucky Logan sounds fe- Logan Lucky Logan Lucky sounds weird. What's what what's up with that? What's what's happening there? Um, but I think Channing Tatum's. You're asking it. the tough questions, huh? <laughs> yeah, for real politic. We grapple with the issues. <laughs> you grapple with the issues,
0: but like in a very observational comedy style. Yeah. <laughs> what's the deal? What's the, what's deal, the deal with Elson John? <laughs> He's got a first name for a last name, for a last name for a. Really going a, a... Okay. mixed up birth certificate. Anyway, keep supporting live comedy. You got a great headliner coming out. And what's the deal with lampshade? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it's a lamp, why do you want shade? <laughs> <laughs> What's with
8: people getting sick? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the deal with cancer? I have cancer. oh
4: tough
3: crowd <laughs> what was that about a birth certificate what Stephen daisley oh. isn't really 31 what i took no idea um
4: <laughs> no
3: i kept trying to tell
4: you obama was born from in kenya. kenya
0: or whatever <laughs> <laughs> obama's a kenyan muslim who is a gay prostitute and is married to, um, to, to a trans woman Obviously, (laughs) I get all I get all my news from the Daily Caller and Breitbart. (laughs) 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 That was actually actually, this was this was something they really thought about Obama was that he was like he was a gay prostitute that was found by Saul Alinsky to like play the part of a president who would like enact like a Soros driven globalist agenda. And he still worked (laughs) as a prostitute while the president and would like give men blowjobs in his limousine. Oh, yeah,
6: totally.
0: (laughs) Like, this is why I know communism will win, because, like, our enemies, like... I don't think they have object permanence. Like, I, I think,
3: like, when Paul Joseph walks in front of a mirror, he's like, who the fuck are you?
0: <laughs>
3: he's like, god damn, this, this scrawny fucker needs to get some milk with fucking lead and soy in it down him.
0: Like, <laughs> Hell, I should try and sell him some, like, fucking
3: multivitamins that'll make him smart. <laughs> you know what definitely wouldn't be good for this fucker? Fucking daylight. You don't, he doesn't, it doesn't need any sunlight on his fucking skin. Um. So we seem to have said seg- Wade, although I guess Watson is, is British, but he's part of that weird American politics network. Um, so, uh, somebody requested that we talk about something that just went down in the United States of America. Um, Where's the next up model? Devil is? no <laughs> basically Sorry, guys, i don't know about politics there was a, there was this uh special election in in alabama and oh, good uh Lord. yeah yeah from what i understand like this fucking nonce lost but um america I had
5: a choice yeah to vote for a <laughs> and chose not to <laughs> yeah, to cool. the surprise of everyone.
3: Yeah, they they just uh, vote. They voted for for just the bland moderate dipshit rather than the nonce. Unlike last November or whatever
5: it was. It's incredible. What yeah. actually what's actually extra shocking is that the the nonce was about twenty two thousand votes away from winning. I know. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Just so, wait is that a
3: lot in the grand scale no. of Alabama? Oh, oh a populous state. It's, okay.
5: It's very it's very small. Hey, if if you
3: if you go
0: on JK Rowling's Twitter feed, uh you'll know that she thanks black women in a very kind of nebulous way and then re- routinely oh. opposes oh. Black policies women
1: don't that in their Oh my god.
0: So,
3: what is her tweet was like, wait, uh, gods a woman. Wait till they realize She's black or something. I don't fucked, yeah. Fuck And then Ava Vidal did that tweet, which was like, uh, and her name is Diane. And maybe <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> and tell maybe... Your
5: friend Jess Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris
3: <laughs> Williamson MP retweeted
5: it.
3: <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> Salty stuff from Chris. <laughs> <laughs> top, top Who are the hard left, Chris?
7: <laughs> who are the,
3: sorry, who are the hard left? Chris, that is the answer to my question.
0: <laughs> when I moved to Britain and had to sort of, you know, um, insert my, uh, what some consider to be objectionable, uh, leftism into British politics, I really needed to, like, do a training montage to figure out which Chris to tweet who are the hard left Chris to. Uh, I got it wrong a couple of times. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just tweeting like uh like it's like Chris Bryan Christmas. and he he's like, What are oh, more Russian trolls, god damn it So um on on this Alabama special election, um so the two candidates were doug jones and roy moore am i right so who was who because generally i say yeah, americans seem to be engaged in this competition to have the stupidest fucking name like they're all called like like uh like yair rice or like <laughs> well, no, i'm just i'm just kidding that's that's not yair rice though that's just that's like a a jewish name you can kind of see where that's coming from but Amer- a lot of americans <laughs> are just called something like uh you know john it. smith no, not not even not even like that, but like just like London terrorism or something, or like. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like so, I mean, some, I'm sure there are some Christmas Americans.
6: Christmas who... Jones or something. Yeah, yeah literally. or they, they're,
3: they're called they're called like Car Orange or, so, or like.
0: I'm, I'm sure, like a lot of uh, a lot of really dedicated Breitbart reading moms have like, like named their kids like Black Crime in honor of the now defunct news vertical at that particular site. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, which is like like the Breitbart equivalent of the Daily Mail's sidebar of shame, isn't it? Breitbart's black crime sidebar. Contrary to uh, the usual, like, uh, kind of. Uh, insatiable ambition of any American citizen to name their kid, like, Sweet, co- sweet Corn Fry is something. Sweet Corn, Alabama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roy Moore and Doug Jones both have such singularly bland names that I genuinely can't remember who's who. I can't remember which one of these men is the one who fucks kids. I what, thought it was Roy Doug is... Jones. <laughs>
0: no, no, guys, Roy I can Roy tell Moore you... Roy Moore is the non-...
3: Doug Jones is one of Kyle MacLachlan's characters from season 3 of Twin Peaks.
0: There's a very easy way to tell the difference between Roy Moore and Doug Jones. And it's that one of them is a racist dog whistling piece of shit and the other one is an admitted pedophile. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> We've got all the Democrat chuds like complaining. <laughs> the ten fucking socialists in Alabama voted for uh, Doug Jones with a heavy heart, rather than fucking skipping into the uh, into the polling booth singing "Oh Happy Day." Like, <laughs> oh hey Doug, Doug
0: Jones, Doug Jones, figure out something else to means test. Kiss my baby after you check out my income statement. <laughs> the
5: election was a really bizarre one because Alabama is. The the most rep- one of the most Republican states you can get in America, yeah. like you, <laughs> could <laughs> put, <laughs> you could put a pig with a Republican rosette on it, and it would probably get voted through in the landslide. <laughs> so, all of the information was showing that if Luther Strange, another fucking weird name, if Luther Strange <laughs> had been the I'm really <laughs> the surprised, did you didn't say Strange. <laughs> His name is Luther Strange. It's like an amalgamation of two really bad DC villains. <laughs> yeah, anyway. no,
0: Strange. Luther Strange is definitely a J.K. Rowling character, and also Luther, Luther Strange, Strange is someone J.K. Rowling would prefer to an actual socialist.
5: Doctor Strange in a DC Marvel matchup. <laughs> uh, Luther... I
3: wonder what fucking spousal abuser J.K. Rowling has got playing Luther Strange in the next Fantastic Beasts film.
5: So so Luther, Luther Strange was was the other kind of alternative nomination. And had he been the Republican nomination, he probably would have trounced Doug Jones by like eighty percent of the vote or something. I think um Jeff Sessions once ran and won with like ninety something percent of the vote. I point. wonder. I, I, I mean, wonder if if Luther would have won, you is there like Republican much version more of more of a failed Republican than failing to win Alabama as a state? It's that. <laughs> like, I, cannot, I cannot overstate just how much of an actual L this is. For Roy Moore, on top of being a nonce, on top of being a judge who has been kicked out of the court circuit twice.
3: It feels like Trump and Farage and, uh, you know, all, all the rest of the, the horrible fash dickheads who endorsed this fucking prick. Um, like, they were just seeing how far they could push their ability to uh, get the Republican base to rally behind the most repugnant people who do the most <laughs> repugnant things. I think Trump just kind of got high on his own supply and was just like, it
1: doesn't matter that he fucks kids.
5: It's all so good fact, that- I mean- Lo- Roy Moore was seventy years old, so like it's not like he had a long life left in the Senate oh or God. anything like that. But um, the the strange the strange thing about it, not luke I'm sorry, the name Luther Strange <laughs> stuck in my head. Um, the, the 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 weird thing, kind of the weirdish thing about it, is that. Um there was no reason for them to think that you know being a pedophile was going to play badly with the base because so many US states yeah. actually have legalized child brides so <laughs> I don't necessarily think it was that the base just refused to support this pedophile I don't think it, I don't really think that had anything to do with it the base have supported yeah. much more deplorable people uh, in yeah. the past it's 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 who you can sell what they did underestimate is that the Democrats could bring out the black vote in Alabama. So they said for Dog yeah. Jones to have any chance of winning, the uh, black people in Alabama would have to vote in higher numbers than ever voted for Barack Obama. And they assumed that black people would just be like, no, we can't be bothered to come out for this white guy. So when the <laughs> yeah. Democrats chose, they, they chose responsible. I mean, it was a very safe choice because, you know, Dog Jones is not particularly a name that's going to set anything alight. But... He had um, he had connections with the vote that they were trying to get out because he um, he had uh, prosecuted two members of the Ku Klux Klan back in like the, yeah. the uh Baptist Church bombing in Birmingham, Alabama back in like the 1960s. So he had that uh, going for him in terms of where they needed the, the vote to come out. And boy, did black people vote! They voted like <laughs> yeah. mad and. I, I go back to my point about Some of them there, twice. You know? Yeah. I, I go back, oh, <laughs> you know, I think we need
3: some new limits Voter on the voting. <laughs>
5: Voter suppression in Alabama was like off the scale. They were tr- trying to gerrymander the vote till the day of the vote, till so the day of voting. They were trying yeah. to gerrymander the election. And, and so I go back to my point about the fact that there were 22,000 points away from electing a paedophile because despite black people voting in their droves, white people still voted it <laughs> overwhelmingly <laughs> and i mean white women voted two to one <laughs> I, <laughs> a while. Like, like,
0: I think what they're probably remembering is like hundreds of years ago like sort of like 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 liberals and socialists and so on were responsible for sort of you know pushing the age of consent up and pushing the age of marriage up and so on and they're like oh fuck yeah this will piss off the liberals you know to, this, and... to own the libs, they're they're owning this... 18th century libs,
5: <laughs> and it's for this reason you've got all of these liberals going on about oh thank black people for saving us and blah blah blah, and actually you've got black people going hang on a second, why is it our job to save you from your stupidity? <laughs> Yeah, does, it, does it have to be, <laughs> because, you know... Does, because, Cla- because
0: Clara Jeffrey and Jake you know, are, honor- are honorary... We wouldn't have to
5: save you right? from voting for racist paedophiles if you would just stop <laughs> voting for racist paedophiles.
3: Yeah, it's like, it, it, you know, it takes the black people to go, wait a minute, hang on, this is a fucking nonce, let's, you know...
5: You know, and, and the thing is,
3: this thing when, about when is.
5: we do that, you say thank you, but the next day, you're not there to help us with voter suppression... <laughs> and police brutality, you're not showing up for any of that, you're trying to sit on the fence. And that's yeah. where people were getting annoyed. And that's where I think joy Reed Reid had this one tweet about how this shows that if black people organise, they can do better. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like, You don't think black people <laughs> uh, are Black Lives Matter? Like, what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with you? And it's like, why are you like this? And, it, and it's that thing of feeding into the idea that people who... Aren't voting are the reason why these things are happening when actually the only reason you had to choose between Doug Jones and the pedophile is because white people keep trying to vote in pedophiles and racists. And if you co- if you yeah. just concentrate yeah. on stopping that, then it doesn't matter what anybody else does. And it goes back to like their anger with people like Susan Sarandon. And it's like yeah, okay, Susan Sarandon has done a lot say. of stupid things, whatever. And you know, a lot of some of the Bernie voters really just need to kind of like take a a nap for about six to nine months maybe a year um, <laughs> because they're just doing a little bit too much but susan sarandon is not the reason why you have donald trump people who didn't vote are not the reason you have donald trump the 52 percent of white women who voted for donald trump <laughs> are the reason you have donald trump the 60 whatever percent of white men who voted for donald trump are the reason you have <laughs> donald trump in fact the hottest take you could possibly get is that the Latino vote didn't hold up against Donald Trump and that possibly <laughs> ushered in Donald Trump. You cannot sit there and say the people who didn't vote are the reason that Donald Trump got yeah. in because they didn't vote for Donald Trump.
3: I reckon the Russian vote was probably behind Roy Moore.
5: Oh, how funny was it that <laughs> there was this whole... I'm sorry, but... Uh, what's her name? Carol Cadswalla? Oh, from the Guardian, the Guardian Who has she been like, going on and on about... Oh, <laughs> to be the, fair, the
6: crucial that Vladimir is actually Putin quite was behind That
5: it. was funny, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> going on and on and on about how Russia were involved in Brexit, and it turns out that they paid like a pound for <laughs> <laughs> We demand a pay rise.
1: We have been slaving here,
3: redefining what work and labor are, working away on this podcast for a
1: pound a fucking year. Man, please let us unionize, Vlad. This is an open fuck appeal. Please, if you're listening, Vladdy P, please, we've done so much for you. Let us form a union. Let us ask for better wages. Please, our kids are dying. Our kids are dying.
0: I'm so in support of unions. It's just, you gotta understand, right? Like, I love unions in general. I just don't think unions are a good for left podcasts now. However,
3: we do have a wall of snacks and some yellow beanies. But for, for, like, um sort of mainstream democrats in america susan Susan Susan
5: sarandon is not a democrat
3: well no but i mean she she's a kind of for mainstream democrats in america like susan sarandon is this kind of like domestic russia who is just able to like decisively (laughs) meddle in every pivotal like political question (laughs) that the country is faced with jill
5: stein isn't it it's it's like jill Jill stein (laughs) was a russian dude having the audacity (laughs) to run as a third party candidate (laughs) i'm sorry but like america voted in george bush twice and nobody ever went (laughs) after ralph nader in the same way
3: to be (laughs) fair i I mean i kind of think i kind of think they do i think there's a few like hardcore al gore heads who still like (laughs) really think it it, it was it was nader what lost it like they um you know it's the the sort of fuck seat belts. I wish Nader had never been fucking born.
5: Kind of. Mentality. It is it, very strange in that. Yeah. I find US politics is so dominated by two-party politics, like you're either a Democrat or a Republican, yeah. even though, like, in, in its entirety of its foundation, it's always been kind of like a multi-party kind of system, where you are, it actually allows you to have different parties to run, uh, because they can all be on the ballot, you know, as long as you you can build enough candidates, you, the sky's the limit, like, you can just run whoever you want, uh, an individual can run um, on his own and then be endorsed by a party, it doesn't even have to be a member of that party, before running he doesn't have to yeah. hold a seat before that like you know it's a lot more open compared to parliament which was specifically set up um and the seats are arranged for a two-party system so like when you walk into parliament you, uh the opposition benches end up being shared with all the other parties that don't make it um that aren't elected in and they're all kind of squashed together whereas that's not how people sit in in congress or in the senate or um in the house of representatives so it's it's just strange like this idea that your vote can be wasted. Your vote can't be wasted. You can't simultaneously tell people they have to vote and then get mad when they don't vote the way you want them to
0: Yeah, (laughs)
7: That's (laughs) not how it
0: works.
5: It's this weird kind of
0: top-down politics that happens in America where it's imagine that sort of the voter's duty isn't to sort of conceive of what their own interest is. Rather, it's to do their part to make sure the bad guys don't get in.
1: Right. So, (laughs) shouldn't sort of I mean, just want you, you universal something.
0: healthcare because we need to fight the Republicans. So that's where the Democrats can get away with sort of just sort of having these like goulishly means-tested, like they'd means-test libraries if they could.
5: If you look at something these, like the the net neutrality, like at the moment it's being framed as this nominee. big Republican evil, and it's like like there are lots of Democrats who are quite happy oh, yeah. to go along with big money and uh, Aj, you know screw up the internet. Ajit,
4: be- Ajit
0: Pai was nominated in the Obama presidency.
5: Ajit, He's well, not okay, a Trump. So, <laughs> It's not a Trump
0: appointee. What I guess what I mean is, burn it all down. Or, if I guess I'm saying this on Twitter after December 18th, shake your fist at it.
3: <laughs> did you see Ted Cruz's tweet about net neutrality which was like LMAO you cuck snowflakes you think that net neutrality is uh, is uh, pooning the noobs but actually it's based and totally 1488 and uh, uh, you know ha- <laughs> hashtag MAGA like I don't it was it was like him tweeting like some like basement dwelling 14 year old it was An interesting spectacle.
0: I mean, given given (laughs) what I know of Ted Cruz's
3: internet usage and his heavy use of streaming
0: services, I thought he'd be very neutrality.
3: Should we maybe move on to some British stuff? Nah,
0: Nah, fuck it. Clear option. (laughs) <laughs> <you talking> about <laughs> the
3: fucking nuclear.
0: Option. Really oh. wanted to talk
3: about Theo Bertram. Oh yeah, Theo. So I, I mean, I used to follow him a while ago because there was this. uh I think it was a kind of people on the left who, uh, you know, sort of reach out to the moderates, not naming any names, but we like the the thoughtful Blairite Theo Bertram. It's like you know he 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 has thoughts, but but that that you know that, that doesn't really that's not in his favour the thoughts mm-hmm. that he has. Um, <laughs> and he's, he's done a big thread on Twitter, hasn't he? Which uh, it is basically like saying there was a bunch of racism in the Tory campaign in... Oh, my God.
7: Did Sorry, Laura's... It's right open in front of me
3: right now. Yeah, yeah, you, you read it out then, because I can't be bothered to find it. Yeah.
0: So essentially what um, Theo is saying is that he and a bunch of other, like, you know, mid-20s dorks <laughs> um, or the like, the, the yeah, they like they described themselves. We we yeah, we were nerds. We were cool. It's like, nah, mate, <laughs> you, you were just nerds. Um, and, and how and how they were like the Oppo research team in labor, and that they were feared because I guess they were gossips. Um, and so what they would do is they would go like hang around conferences and record people saying shit. Which you know, I mean, as a tool for political power, you have to use all the tools at your disposal. Fine, great. Um, but and so they used to record people saying stuff and then they kind of leak it in order to damage the uh, uh, opposition. Uh, so I'm going to read a couple tweets from here. In 2005, uh, we, the team, had a lot of tapes. Uh, one was so explosive it caused Michael Howard to fire a shadow cabinet minister in the middle of an election campaign. But that's not the worst. We had on tape a set of remarks that were so bad we vowed never to use them. And I'm going to editorialize for a minute here. And I'm going to say keep in your mind that they, they vowed never to use these tapes because it's fucking baffling. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, conservative campaign in 2005, are you thinking what we're thinking? And its repeated focus on immigration was regarded many as dog whistle politics. Um, they had put up posters saying their, their views were not racist. This tape would have destroyed that claim. So he's uh, contained a Tory uh, using an N-bomb, which, of course, they've never done before now. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so it says something about a woodpile. Uh, yeah. But here's where it gets really fucked because then he says we chose not to use the tape uh because we worried about its impact on the public debate we never released it uh it didn't feel right not the right thing to
3: do bipartisanship is fucking cancer
0: bipartisanship
3: <laughs> is like if you're michael fucking douglas getting a big mouthful
0: i think the only way to like reduce the cancer of bipartisanship is further bipartisanship <laughs>
3: yes precisely except <laughs> No! Except, no, stamp it out! Stamp it out! (laughs) Any fucker who consorts with people from the opposite benches can absolutely get fucked. Like, Laura Pidcock has it fucking right. She's kind of wrong, though, because she doesn't physically assault any of these Tories that she refuses (laughs) to be friends with. Unlike... for legal reasons who i'm, I'm told have <laughs> in the past um oh, i don't know the bipartisanship point makes me want to link on to something else that's in the news we can talk about both things but there's this new hashtag going round after parliament's vote the other night which is hashtag a Tory. so okay uh, i tweet tories all the time yeah, you know, I tweet Tories as well with, with vicious partisan abuse, uh, sneering put downs. Like, I mostly
0: f- I fantasize about like different kinds of like weird medieval siege weaponry. Trebuchets are only one of them. Um, arc abuses, <laughs> catapults,
3: <laughs> and of course gleeful references to the real politic intro are pretty much the only things it's acceptable to uh, tweet at Tory MPs. Certainly not tweeting them. Oh, you're so brave. Oh, you're so Honorable for for the voting against the Tories. Like you motherfucker, you're in the Tories. Yeah. That sh- suggests that the vast majority of the time you vote with the Tories. And yeah. like it it seems to be only be some great virtue, like, oh, you rebelled against them in parliament once. If you're, you know, just like some <laughs> Brexit fixated fucking shithead dipshit shit fucking <laughs> fucking shit Well no, shit.
0: it's <laughs> It's like if there's a group of people whose only job is to come and just kick you in the nuts daily, and there's one person who kind of, like, angles
3: their foot Maybe so they sort of kick one nut, in the
0: it's like, oh, thank <laughs> yeah. you, you're such a good person for kicking me in only one of my balls
3: fucking West Streeting? maybe instead of going and fucking groveling Ken at Clark, like fucking John Major's fucking Chancellor's feet, instead of fucking um, you know, just like, oh, soobs oh, oh, Heidi Allen, oh, Dominic Greed <laughs> the real leader of the opposition, maybe he should thank fucking Dennis Skinner and Ronnie Campbell who flew in the face <laughs> of an entire <laughs> lifetime of principled left-wing Euroscepticism to vote with the Labour Party with the Labour witch. Where is his praise for the hard left who
5: fucking came through? Bastard. These people aren't even like worth our attention of like talking. I don't I don't want to talk about my street Like the man brings nothing to politics. He's just there. <laughs> Apart from a hamburger. He, he's 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 just <laughs> there. He's like he is a stale McChicken nugget that has been left out for a week and is trying to act like it's, you know, a brand new and, Like just throw him in the bin. Um, I think the C thing <laughs> speaks more not necessarily about bipartisanship it has nothing to do with bipartisanship it has nothing to do with anything than like the deep kind of lack of self-awareness, uh, lack of diversity uh, and authoritarianism really of of the the Blair kind of regime um, in that you had these like spinners and researchers uh, who had this, explosive tape about a minister oh well shadow cabinet uh minister uh that would have probably buried the tories for Mm. for a while and exposed uh racism in one of the main political parties of the uk and they sat on it um and he claims that they sat on it because you know they have a you know, quote unquote responsibility, or the leader has a responsibility, and I don't know well, whether that was a, a pointed remark at Corbyn in momentum and having a responsibility to rein momentum in. Um, but the difference, the difference is that you, you guys sat on something of pub, not only of public interest, but that could have fundamentally changed the discourse in the country that ended up leading to this referendum that they're all losing their minds over. Yeah. And he has no awareness of that. When he started his little story, he had not connected any of those dots or whatsoever. I think he expected to be lauded as a very nice and, you know, reasonable, sensible man who had done the right thing. And it's like, no, actually, you just covered up racism. Like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) I mean, like the, the actual tweets are absolutely absurd because he goes on about saying how that, you know, he knows that not all Tories are bad. Okay, so if you know that all, not all Tories are bad and you had tape of one person, how could it simultaneously have been so explosive that it could have brought the entire Tory party down? These are conflicting <laughs> statements that you've made here. I can't yeah, yeah. think of a minister that was sacked during Howard's reign. The only one that I can think of was the boris johnson expose but that wasn't during the election well, campaign that yeah. was the year before this is what i'm saying dude this is the second time this
3: episode you've made the reference i was just about to make <laughs> god damn it <laughs> yeah i've been i've been looking this up just now and um i can't find anything about uh, howard sacking a minister during the 2005 election all i can find is as you said him sacking boris johnson the previous year for having an affair
5: it yeah. doesn't say that the minister huh, does say, but, um, but it, it says during two thousand five. Yeah, oh, this is that it's is so weird. weird.
3: Uh,
0: because know. you know
5: it would have been news sacking, a, doing a cabinet <clears throat> reshuffle in the middle of an election campaign.
0: Oh shit! Theo Bertrand must be a Russian bot.
5: Nah. Disinformation, guys. unless he's trying to mask it and it, it uh, who knows, he, maybe he's just got 40 memory and he's forgotten that it wasn't during the election campaign that this minister was fired, but then it would mean that if it was about tapes or whatever, because he said it was a tape, a tape that got a minister fired suddenly without anything, but if if it had been outside of a cabinet shuffle it would have made the news because people would have said, why is this guy been taken, turfed out when there's not a proper cabinet reshuffle. Yeah, well, it does seem that he... And cabinet reshuffles co- only happen when there are Labour ones. It, like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs>
3: it does seem that he did a reshuffle on the 6th of May 2005. Oh, but, does it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was shuffled but... out? I can't fucking see, hang on. Uh, yeah. David Davis was there. Liam Fox was there. Theresa May was there. Oh, there's too many ministers, man. No, 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 no. Uh, my... wait,
5: wait, No, no. If you look through it, if it if it was a cabinet reshuffle, you should be able to find the new incomers just by seeing who their predecessors were and what date they left.
3: Uh, it doesn't yeah. have that on the Wikipedia page. I don't God think.
5: damn
3: it. I think I still kind of love the
0: idea that these guys are going to Tory party conferences to try and like catch that's on they tape, all look like, like you know. Stories. Like, like, like some, like some guy, letting. some guy called like you know Nigel, like, Banum nonce or whatever, saying like he really, <laughs> really, really hopes his like daughter doesn't date someone with a tan. <laughs> like, <it's
5: just> really <laughs> <funny>. <laughs> no, I think it has to be a lot worse than that because if you think about it, 2005, I think the the Boris Johnson and Piccinini stories was already out there, yeah, or oh. if it wasn't out there, it came out like a year later. So there were already instances of, like, racism that that were known, uh, but it, ultimately it's immaterial. It's the fact that, you know, for someone who is, saw something as like racism as, you know, part of election and something that could be sat on rather than, you know, something that went beyond, uh, you know, political elections and was something that needed to be exposed regardless of what impression of the Labour Party it, it gave or what impression it gave of, of like the researchers uh, of the Labour Party or whatever. Um, and also it's it, it kind of it's rose tinted because it completely ignores kind of the Labour immigration policy of 2005, yeah. which was yeah. pretty racist itself.
3: When was it Blair did the speech in front of the White Cliffs of Dover? I
5: believe that was a 2000.
3: <laughs> there we go, then. So, so,
5: you know, I don't think this was just an altruistic or oh, we're going to sit on this racism thing because, you know, out of the goodness of our hearts. Because if it then you know, he really needs to examine why his heart is so racist. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and if it isn't, then it means that, you know, they, were, they possibly were aware of, Similarly incriminating or maybe lesser incriminating evidence about their own MPs at the time um, on that specific on that specific subject. And, and I, I assume what they didn't want is to expose that. And then obviously with the right wing press against well actually know, because the Sun were pretty much behind Blair at the time. So they didn't have, mm-hmm. like, they yeah, weren't going yeah, I, up against the Sun. I they weren't they I were really not going up against anybody. Well, that, That's just
0: it, is that I don't think this is a party politics issue. I think it's no. this idea that they don't think politics should be mean, and they can only, because they're sort of, their their, their imagination is so sort of circumscribed, and, like, their but brains are the all STEM. But the fact that
5: they think that exposing um, racism is yeah, mean. Yeah,
0: exactly. That exactly that because their brains are all STEM, they don't think of racism as a social problem that has to be fought socially. This is why, like, if you call someone in, like, you know, if you call a racist a racist, they'll say, hey, that's insulting, uh, because they see it as a personal (laughs) insult. Like, you're calling someone stupid, or, like, you're saying that their party was so lame that a group of hard-left uh, thugs had to come and throw bottles at it to liven it up a bit like they're saying like Yo, <laughs> all that's sort of mean of you to say that it's not respectable um yeah, and sa- so like they're saying says- like oh it would be too if we if we caught him you know um uh, talking about like hip-hop style thugs then you know <laughs> oh that would bring respectability out of politics the whole no, edifice I mean, he- would be crumbling down because we wouldn't have respect for our opponents
5: right he says he such says such we can not to use the tape It was poisonous stuff, but it was one voice, a few sentences, totally unrepresentative of most Tories and their leadership. Uh, Oh, yeah, totally. Citation needed. Fucking not. Um, Most of all, we were worried about its impact on the public debate. We (laughs) never released it, and it it will certainly uh, be gone now. Perhaps things would have been different if we had been behind in the polls. But I doubt it, which is basically him saying that we would only have released this if we thought we were losing the election, because yeah. uh, <laughs> racism is only worth bringing up if it's the yeah. difference between losing an election and winning it.
8: My, my, the nuclear okay, option was okay.
5: bad for everyone, but I don't understand. Now, I did, actually, I, remember, I, I did tweet him and say, please define everyone, because I think you mean white people. Yeah, who is it <laughs> who, who still is at large? Are they in the current that, cabinet? Like, exposing racism would have been bad for. And he goes and goes, among the very small group who knew about it, no one was in favour. It didn't feel right. Not the right thing to do. Quote, end quote. Not the right thing to do. i had lunch with the racism. guy.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's like, a
5: human it's, being to me.
0: The central left thinks that doing anything to win, whether it's demonizing your opponent or, you know, promising policies that no, people actually I, want, I, it's cheating.
5: <laughs> no, I, I get that. But like, this this isn't really even about that, because like I, this goes beyond their inability to kind of to do to do like, you know. The, the dark, the dark, what they call the dark hearts of, like, you know, political spinning and research and all of that. Like, you know, you know Peter in Manderson Peter, okay. Peter might be a demon, but, you know, he, he had a very specific function and he did his job. You know, Ale- Alistair yeah. Campbell might, you know, be basically a war criminal. <laughs> hawk, but, you know, he, <laughs> he's, um, he he knew his job and he did his job. You know, these, these were the nerds who were drunk on the power they were afforded yeah. for working for a Blair government. Um, But also uh, still paralysed by their inability, because of the ideology they come from, from their inability to be decisive on anything they came across. So they only ever acted on small things. And they... In he said uh, he there's he almost reaches a moment of realization where he says he thought they were thought they were kings and legendary because the Daily Graph, the Daily Telegraph were afraid of them the Daily Telegraph is just a that <laughs> literally it was designed for like housewives like for God's sake like yeah. the reason they were like afraid the, is like because the they just th- didn't see the Tories coming in because the Tories kept building week after week after week candidates. <laughs> Um, yeah,
0: it's not hard to it's not hard to make Daily Telegraph journalists afraid. Like yeah, I'm pretty it, sure if they see you like a corner shop, they cross
5: the street. They, they, they <laughs> these little nerds seem to know everything. They're probably just wondering where you got the time to know all of this nonsense. Um, but you know, like, he <laughs> he never touches upon you know the fact like you, you say it wasn't the right thing to do, and it goes back to this kind of this kind of paralysed fence sitting. Uh, politics that says, oh, okay, even if I am going to get called all the names under the sun, this subject is too important to sit on. And none of them Mm. fell. And the fact that he says it was a unanimous amongst the people who knew about the tape actually speaks volumes about just how how hobbled that entire regime was but he goes on to say we were by reputation the dirtiest attack team in the history of british politics but we were taught that campaign leaders must be responsible they cannot exculpate themselves from the consequences of their decisions then he says it's easy to justify any attack on your opponent when you believe in the justness of your own cause but election campaigns don't just shake governments they set the tone for public debate so if you're saying that it would have been easy to justify an attack on the Tories because they're the Tories, but, um, and you believe in Labour, but election campaigns don't just shape governments, they shape the tone of political debate. That's him saying, effectively, that they sat on a tape because they didn't think racism was a subject important enough to transcend factional politics.
0: Yep. My, my favourite thing is how a robust, healthy, and respectful public debate actually deflected the bullet from Mark Duggan.
3: Uh, I thought that was really good. <laughs> Yeah, well, it certainly uh, resulted in a very healthy debate, um, Mm -hmm. you know, over the last few years, where um, the press automatically, uh, like, sided with some just, like, blithering old bigot who thinks that Eastern Europeans are, like, uh, causing people cancer, when obviously Mm -hmm. it's oral sex. And, and, you know, instead of uh, the fucking Prime Minister, who's like, isn't Gordon Brown a terrible man? Putting Gillian Duffy aside for a minute, there's much worse things. There's an MP murdered by a far-right anti-immigration fascist last year because of her, you know, Mm. not even... But no, we shouldn't
0: politicise it. I think we're politicising it, guys.
3: Because of her not even, (laughs) like, particularly radical pro-immigration views. There's, uh, you know, there's the the anti-immigration sentiment that helped fuel the Brexit vote. There's so much in our discourse over the last few years. A study from, I think, 2014 that showed that views... That were once considered to be explicitly racist and now acceptable in mainstream British discourse.
5: This was the first um, general election since all of the riots that happened in two thousand and one, two thousand and two. So, like before uh, Leeds and Bradford and and all of those riots that happened, those those racially charged riots. Yeah. Um. This was the first election since then. And in that time, we had the expansion of the EU uh, free, free movement. And had they actually done this, we possibly, maybe if it was this big, if it, if it is, as Theo says, that it was so big that it could have brought the Conservative Party to its knees. We possibly, possibly could have had the national conversation on racism and immigration and bigotry that we needed to have. At the time of that election, that not only would have set up Labour for subsequent election wins, which, you know, in hindsight, it's easy for me to say, oh, it's a good thing they didn't, because we would never have had Jeremy Corbyn today had they done that. But also, you know, as as a black person and as a, you know, as a first generation immigrant myself, if they had done that, then you wouldn't have had the referendum vote. You wouldn't have had Brexit. Um, And Mm. you wouldn't have this this, this swirling bigotry, this open fascism that's happening in in the UK now, like this um, expansion, because if you look at back in 2005, the biggest threat we had was the BNP. Um, And in that time, 12 years later, we've had EDL, Britain First, um, all of the other fringe groups of the far, far right. And all of that possibly could have been quelled had, you know, these six little white nerds just decided that they didn't know better on racism than other people and just like exposed the tape.
3: <laughs> I feel there was a sort of fork in the road in racist discourse after uh, the sort of 2005 election um, where you have the BNP kind of, as they have been doing for a few years they sort of uh, completed their modernization project where they softened the edges and they prettified their kind of racist rhetoric um and in a way that allowed ukip to appropriate it wholesale and in fact conservative and labor politicians to appropriate some of their anti-immigration rhetoric as well um and at the same time, as Jude says, he then had Britain First and the EDL and groups that are much more kind of old school street based, hardline racism spring up as well. And the, of course, the, BM, the result of this was that the BNP um, quickly became a party out of time and an irrelevance.
5: Yeah, I mean, that that's labor that that election campaign that labor's immigration policy in 2005 which really made no sense because this wasn't there were no ec, there were no kind of domestic economic reasons to do it at the time either because you know the the crash was still two years away people were very much in a housing bubble um ec, there were very few economic warnings that you know a, a, a world crash was you Know happening, I mean, even if you yeah. listen to Dr. Mark Burry, there were very few people who were saying, you know, the housing market is going to crash, the housing market's in a bubble, etc. etc. in 2005. So, for, for, for Labour to go so rightward on their immigration policy was a personal choice, yeah. And basically, what Absolutely. they realized is that we can scoop up more of the Tory vote by being anti immigration. Uh, whilst maintaining our front faces being, you know, multi-diverse and having fr- uh, free immigration, uh, free movement, and all of this, that, and the other, and basically, yeah. the 2005 Blair government were trying to have their cake and eat it without actually addressing anything whatsoever. They basically tried ran the same <laughs> the same campaign that Theresa May tried to run this year, only they did it successfully. That's it. <laughs>
3: So basically, we want to round out the episode with a trifecta of bad tweets, and I believe Riley has got the first of them. This
0: one is... I mean, I'm actually kind of worried with this one, because Ann Coulter has tweeted, um, We singles live empty lives of quiet desperation and will die alone. (laughs) Now Marco Rubio is demanding that we also fund happy families with children who fill their days with joy. (laughs) <laughs> what living <a> an empty <laughs> life and dying alone to trigger the libs <laughs> <laughs> so my first reaction to this tweet was like oh shit, Ann Coulter is actually taking the owning right wing chuds job away from leftist shit posters we need a union
3: <laughs> <laughs> Well, my, my first thought was oh shit, Ann Coulter's heard the podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah she, she knows what sort of you know sexually attractive virile people we are we left let's
3: read this week. uh now rubio is demanding we also fund what, what is what what is she saying rubio ta- 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 is help. saying
0: it's a chi- rubio is supporting like a child tax credit basically coulter is is like i need to pay for my sad chardonnay <laughs> it's horrible <Working laughs> I'm out. Super- I assume prescription medication
3: Child tax credits I yeah. mean, that, that that really, uh, you know, speaks a lot Of how radical New Labour really was When Marco Rubio is advocating The same redistributive policies as them <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Yeah, well, it's, it's, I think it just goes To sort of speaks volumes about sort of The level of resentment politics Where, because Ann Coulter is sad Children also have to be sad <laughs>
7: Fuck
3: him! Fuck a lot of them. Fucking little... <laughs> Trebuchet into the fucking sea. Little scrotes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, spicy. <laughs> you, you want to go on record saying scroats on the podcast? You might get banned from Twitter.
7: Uh,
3: our, our friend Tim Farron re- recently finally admitted to doing Brexit. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? A a Twitter user and uh, I believe fan of the show Millhouse Lynch added Tim saying, "Tim, you did Brexit," and Tim responded, "Yes, I'm very sorry. It was an accident." Uh, Tim, I'm I'm not sure you read all those Ian Dunt articles by accident. Like, yeah, <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Brexit was. Uh, you just stumbled into taking Britain out. Just stumbled out of the European Union. Like, oh, oh whoopsie-daisy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 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 they voted leave. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, well, I was yeah. gonna say, the, All right. The real, A likely story, the
0: real... you gerrymandering fuck. The, the real issue is that uh, and Tim Ferriss was actually trying to prevent Brexit. But the problem is uh, he ordered his Brexit prevention kit from Acme. And so... <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the large rocket device. It actually ended up... Hmm, typical. It actually ended up turning back on him, and then he was covered in black soot and held up a sign that just said, here we go
3: again, and he was crushed by a falling piano.
7: <laughs>
3: Final tweet. Final tweet of the episode is by one Ben Goldsmith. Brother, have been wanting
0: to talk about this all episode.
3: <laughs> the brother of...
4: Zach Smith <laughs>
1: Tom's going <have> to <laughs> Smith. Oh, oh yeah, no, they're they're
3: brothers and um they've got a sister as well called Jemima, um Ooh. whose whose surname is in fact like the man that uh, Zach spent an entire campaign smearing Khan by marriage. She's not, she's, marri- <laughs> she's not married to Sadiq Khan. She just shared a journey with him. Um, that would be and, and just be some family reunion. <laughs> and she has uh, actually left the Conservative Party because of Brexit, which Zach Goldsmith supports. <laughs> <laughs> she's joined the Lib Dems. <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't make it all the way, could she? No 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 she, no, she was not also going to join labor i mean this is the fucking liberal urban intelligentsia we're talking about um, actually i'm I really thinking that they're called
0: intelligentsia
3: i really I, know, I to know, find a new
0: word for that
3: it's not apt
6: stupid gensia
3: <laughs> i think that's apt um, i was just thinking the other day actually how on average I think, like, the Metropolitan Liberal Intelligentsia actually really like Corbyn, like, statistically. So the British media is even unrepresentative of the Metropolitan Liberal Intelligentsia. (laughs) That's how bad it is. It only represents the right wing of that Metropolitan Liberal Intelligentsia.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, like, the British media class represents the views of the British media class. Like I I think they're sort of so (laughs) removed from anything, sort of even approximately, Well, increasingly in America as well, Um, that they're so sort of removed from anything approximating sort of anyone's regular life. They just sort of wake up. I imagine they just slug a fifth of whiskey before they can even face themselves in the mirror, and then you know have to drag (laughs) themselves to their jobs where they know. Let's not be mean about Nick Cohen here. You realize I did come on this show to be mean about Nick Cohen, and we haven't had time to do it. So I'm gonna. We haven't had time
3: to talk about his fucking shit article. No, like that. That's just like I'd have to basically read the whole thing out. It's there's so much in there. There's like the bit that Len McCluskey could legitimately sue him for. Like it's it's a great (laughs) article.
0: There is no building in all of Britain that needs its suicide prevention net more
3: than the big journalism offices. (laughs) (laughs) but um back to the goldsmith clan so we've we've talked about zach we've talked about jemima we forgot to mention their mother for whom her son who ran a really 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 racist campaign is apparently the least racist person she knows um but we forgot (coughs) to mention ben goldsmith Ben Goldsmith, do Ben Goldsmith, <laughs> Ben Goldsmith, do
0: Ben Goldsmith, do I hear, I hear, he's throwing a real rager. Oh, he's all he, the cool he, kids he, in town going.
3: He's mad <laughs> online, and um, and Ben says. Uh, he, he links to an article on famously trustworthy news source the daily mail called it's... far left activists in bid to hijack <laughs> grenfell so the sort of backstory of this is that a report came out about grenfell the other day and the times uh decided to coordinate like five different smear stories about people with uh connections to the Justice for Grenfell movement. (laughs) So there was one uh, which which outed one of them as an anti-Semite. There was one of them um, which said the SWP were involved, I think. And yeah, fuck anti-Semites, fuck the SWP. But we know why they're printing these articles. It's so fucking transparent. Um, And Ben Goldsmith linked to this Daily Mail article saying, I saw this for myself last night. The nasty... Violent, self-righteous, hard-left has hijacked the Grenfell tragedy and its victims for political ends. Um, but but what did he see? Has he... Oh, here we go. Just had a glimpse of Corbyn's Britain. A birthday party for my sister-in-law in in Notting Hill, invaded and shut down by a vicious, bottle-throwing, hard-leftist crowd from a Grenfell march. (laughs) Because they could. Like, I wasn't aware Corbyn's already changed the laws, so it's okay mm. to fucking glass Tory cunts in the well, face. <laughs> what I think is really cool interesting... What Nothing but I think respect for my Prime Minister.
0: Is, ...is that Ben Goldsmith actually appears to be living in, like, a slobs v. snobs 80s frat comedy. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's, like it's 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 like I, I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, the um the cool um the cool laid-back jock in charge of the uh the Corbynite protesters was still, like, you know, in there kind of um uh, like stealing his liquor and like, you know, really being charming to everyone at the party, and then, you know, Ben Goldsmith has to be like shaking his fist, and like, Oh, you've ruined you've ruined my society party and then he just, you know, gets pants because it's the political animal house or something like that. Minus, minus sexual assault. We have to be very clear about that. <laughs> well, animal house, well, it presents a really good snobs v. slobs dynamic that's very useful um, in analyzing sort of situations where nerds like Ben Goldsmith just get like routinely owned by various cool people on the left. It also has <laughs> some... Um,
7: <laughs>
0: animal house. It's sort of a lighthearted portrayal of sexual assault, which really is very um, bad. And shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we. I don't know if we can pick and choose the right parts, or if someone has to just make a better scabs <laughs> be slobs comedy. Maybe yeah. skis.
3: If if Zach Goldsmith and people who worked on his 2016 mayoral campaign were at the party, you could call it nationalist lampoon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. So there's some interesting replies to this guy's thread. Uh, Somebody said, Hi Ben, I work for the Daily Mail and even I know this hashtag didn't happen. Uh, To which Ben says, 150 witnesses and the police would disagree with you. To which our friend Sam says, I checked and they're all melts so it doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, some some podcast called uh, Real Politics uh, appears to have responded to it. Uh, no, sorry, Matt cousin Jeremy Corbyn's former press spokesperson, uh, you know, activist for the campaign for fairer gambling and friend of the show, and in fact, one-time guest of the show, actually responded first saying, Ben, you're getting nationalised, pal, embrace it. Uh, the, the Real Politic podcast responded without compensation to which Matt responded printing Ben Goldsmith's sidelining moderate voices and then I independently of this tweeted uh, printing money out your ass on the RealPolitik account and it got no faves
6: (laughs)
7: what
3: oh shit i'm so sorry those, i had to delete it after a few minutes because it was just you know it, it, it was making us look bad which which uh, and one of my jokes has never done for us before I right, i assure you <laughs> <laughs> no, no no
0: none of none of your jokes have ever set off a media firestorm or anything like
3: that no, to be fair those weren't my jokes but yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right i think those are the worst tweets uh the last few days like I mean, uh... my
0: timeline there are worse ones
3: oh really <laughs> <laughs> i did see a tweet saying that um frank field um, should set up a new pro Brexit centrist party. <laughs> it's like, for a start, so, so some dickhead already set up one called the SDP, not not the old SDP, a new a new SDP. Um, so that's already there. There's so many fucking centrist parties that somebody has already created an incredibly niche pro Brexit centrist party. Um, and as with all other new centrist parties, it is polling at zero percent.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. What my love about british politics is it, it's like um how frank uh, how roosevelt promised a chicken in every pot in a car in every garage british politics promises an unpopular electorally unviable centrist party for every citizen it's great <laughs>
3: <laughs> and it's however many years today since the day christopher hitchens died Yay! Uh, yeah, Well, we we know that he fucking didn't go to heaven, did he? Or even hell, for that matter. Just into the fucking blank void. Am I right? Am I right? Am <laughs> I right? You're, you're,
0: is it? Would you suggest that his spirit is is or his knock of spirit? In fact, his existence has winked out entirely and was made sort of pointless by its temporality to own the libs,
3: <laughs> to own the religious. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Before we go, what 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 beefs have you been in lately? Because I always enjoy catching up c- catching up of what you've been suspended from Twitter for.
6: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I got a twelve hour suspension this time for uh, instead of beefing with Nazis, it was the opposite uh, Zionists. <laughs>
7: <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm not sure how much of the exact beef I can remember, but it just general stuff about palestinians being shite (laughs) i I was like well you know that's not really right is it like (laughs) think of all these horrible things that israel's done to the palestinians and they're just like nah I think the only word I used was idiot. I, I didn't swear. I, I think I called oh. one of them a moron, or something like that. You, did, like... you
3: didn't say that the PLO should come in and fucking sort them out this time.
6: <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was something I said. In the past, like, one but... of the
3: last times Abby Wilkinson got
0: banned, it was because she told someone to eat her farts. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, was, was that before or after she got a blue tick? Um, I, I think I I can't remember. I just remember I remember she come um, she mentioned that when we were recording our show. All right.
7: <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: funny. I think I think so... it was her, but someone got banned. I think it was her for saying the phrase "eat my farts."
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. You introduced the show. Do you want to unintroduce it? outproduce it.
6: Yeah, you you guys should go away now.
3: <laughs> my... <laughs>
6: We are unintroducing. Um, yeah. Well, you've been listening to The Real Politic. Uh, we had Laura and Jude on earlier. And we're going to be closing with me, Yair. Um, we got Jack. And, Hello. uh uh, R- R- Riley
3: from. Oh, did you forget our <laughs> the... special guest? Yeah,
1: yeah.
3: Remembered
1: his name.
3: Uh, but, uh, no, 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 no. Our other special guest, the one from the start of the episode.
6: Oh, of course, of course. We we had um, Emmanuel Macron
0: on uh, <laughs> as a very special guest.
1: <laughs>
3: it was so special.
0: It's... Extraordinarily special. Super, super the specialist, special. you might say.
3: Fantastic. <laughs>
0: Thank you for having me on as well.
3: Yeah, thanks for that coming was on the very, show, Riley.
0: Very very Great. good time. And yeah, you can if you if you liked my random sort of angry leftist natterings uh, you can listen to more of them along with my much better co-hosts, uh Milo Edwards, Abby Wilkinson, and Hussein Kesvani on our show, Trash Future, which is uh, a, a, a politically left look at like consumer culture and inequality and stuff but mainly it's just us giggling about cum uh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> wait so it's a bit like the new statesman deep dive podcast then <laughs> yeah but it's, it's the only the only difference is that we know we're total idiots <laughs> <laughs> diving head first into that cum deep <laughs> alright I gotta go, go tend, the, uh, tend the sauce Okay, thanks for listening to Real Politics everyone. Yeah, right, thanks bye. guys. Bye. bye.
8: Brother, 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 Lucy and you like no other Listen very close cause I don't like to boast Instead I tell the tale of the French who prevailed over the Mr. Crazy Rabbits who were always on his tail Rent ain't on sale, your roomie starts to wail Get caught with stolen goods then you will go to jail If you go to jail then who will pay the bail They'll put you back to France on a ship with a sail cargo, Lucy and you eat snails At your tip, what's wrong with snails? From the Zulu Nation, from a town called Paris. Yeah. Came to America to find liberty. Uh-huh. Instead of finding pleasure, all your family's misery. But mm-hmm. well, listen, Lucy, and you have a friend in me. Okay. Oh, luck, luck will drive your butt baddie. Yeah. Next time you fix some wheels, make it a caddy. In terms of doing good, I know you wish you really good. But listen, brother man, I really think you can. Mm-hmm. Succeed with the breed of the brothers who you're back. Yeah. It's the creme de la creme. And you can vouch for that. It'll take a minute, Rice. So take my advice. Trust in us. thus you trust in your life. Lucian, 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 you.
7: You know.
8: Are you ready, Lou? This one is for you. Coming from a true blue, fits like a shoe. Come on, start the stare, or come on, tell it blue. We'll see in, I'll leave it up to you. Rendez-vous, rendez-vous that last gonna backlash fast can you get a grip all the crack head dip sold you a paper bag guess he saw you coming vcr from a neck bone bumming ten dollars brother he was humming and strumming only had 20 he was living like you slummin'. slumming gave him the money well i thought that was something looking like a kid who was lost in crumming don't worry about a thing i won't get specific this is a song that is long and prolific think of the stuff that i said if you can figure it out compute understand no problemo i'll help you with your demo if you're Go to the store for me. Lucian, I'm just kidding. You should know. Get a grip on the missions you be taking Not so much the mission, but you got crazy ignition Short the sugar babies wanna give you a chance With the French self unfair and the sexy glance, But is she really fly or is she a guy I won't ask why, cause I know that you try You try too hard, is that the answer to the riddle? Instead of doing so much, why don't you do just a little? Boy, what a cat, I guess we shouldn't treat him bad In fact, it would be nice if we understood him right A case of positioning the feet in the shoes Sympathetic reason in the case of the blues Lucy in his blue, even though he's really brown I had to make the sound his life is too profound all the up and up he's something like a little pup. young and naive it's hard to believe as long as you're strong you can quest with the questers. jolly like a jumping bean or a jester lucy and lucy and lucy and lucy and you should know
6: It's exciting, it's young people, it's crowdsourcing.